This week on episode 522 of Priority One, happy Star Trek Day! New trailers for Picard, Prodigy, and Lower Decks, and a formal introduction to the Enterprise crew voyaging to strange new worlds. In gaming news, the Mirror Universe inspires a new TFO in Operation Wolf, new gear on the way inspired by Lower Decks, and some good old Trek games get a PC refresh. You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 522 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded on Thursday, September 9th and available for download or streaming on Saturday, September 11th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Tony. I'm Kat. And I'm Roscoe. And this is where we have the banter. Tony, welcome back. (laughs) Hey, Tony. That's a a great place to have banter. This is the banter section. We start there. It's, 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 It's easy. It's it's right, it's right there. We should say, glad to be back. Elio got flooded. Poor guy. Yeah, uh, he, he, that he, was super he, scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he could have been washed away in a second. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, those uh, splash floods, no joke. <laughs> Don't drown, turn around. <laughs> that's right. That's the signs we have in Kansas. We're very flat here, and so things flood quickly. So, yeah, turn around, don't drown. Yeah. In Queensland, ours is, if it's flooded, forget it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all, all those... All those things are true, and uh, Elio did the right thing by abandoning his vehicle, which he had named. I think I knew that, but I still am surprised by that every time I'm reminded by the fact that he gave his car a name. Uh, so that that car, I think, is no more. Uh, but uh, he, he he escaped with his skin, yeah. uh, which is the most important thing. Uh, so we'll, he's uh, he's kind of putting things back together. He's fine, but uh, just needed a week off. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So just to bring you up to speed, Elio is, as you may have guessed, is not here this week on the podcast. He's taking a week off because I told him he had to take a week off. His car was caught in some floodwaters in the recent crazy storms in uh, New York and so he actually had to abandon his car and seek higher ground. So he is taking a well-deserved break off this week. So very big thank you to Tony for filling in at very short notice. So thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. And no Australian accents unless you can actually do them properly. Thank you very much. I still have my revenge planned. It'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, it, mate. It, it, yeah. The revenge, the, it's not revenge. It's just an ongoing, it, it'll never end. So it's when all you, good fun. When you least expect. <laughs> oh, man, that's daunting. Now I'm always expecting it, so. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll be good. It'll, it'll be good. It'll be good. All right. Well, before we jump into the news this week, we want to welcome new listeners to the show, and we hope you'll stay in touch. You see, this show is produced by a community of volunteers who donate their time and their talents because, like you, they're passionate about what Star Trek is all about. So, we hope you'll get involved and be a part of our community. Follow us on social media so you can share your thoughts about the weekly headlines. Join the Armada so that you can experience Star Trek gaming with like-minded Trekkies, or consider joining the team and lending your skills and passion to producing this show. Or if you find value in this podcast, consider supporting us financially by joining our Patreon family. It's only through support by listeners like you do we bring you the weekly Star Trek news that you just can't get along without. I don't think you're going to find a better place, a better community, uh, uh, more hilarious insights uh, than probably here. And if you uh, just throw a little something our way to say thanks, it means a lot to us and the team. It helps uh, defray the running costs of, of of putting the show out every week it's the tip jar guys it just it just shows that what we're doing uh, uh means as much to you as it does to us so we appreciate any support you can give we always love shares likes retweets anything anything you can do that will spread the word about our little show so now let's find out what's been happening in the star trek multiverse i don't know then let's trek it out 
This week marks the 55th anniversary of the airing of the first episode of Star Trek. And according to all the memes going around, the world has never been the same. But when you think about it, that's a pretty accurate statement. Without the vision of Gene Roddenberry in the production of the original series, we would not even have this podcast. So we just want to take a moment to appreciate the reason we're even here today. So thank you, Gene Roddenberry and Lucille Ball. Now let's take a look at some of the trailers and a bit of a recap of all of the news that we got on Star Trek Day. Starting off with strange new but some legendary worlds to explore. There's no trailer yet, but we were treated to an introduction to the crew of the Enterprise under Captain Pike with some new faces and some familiar ones as well. We are reintroduced to Anson Mount, Ethan Peck and Rebecca Romaine who reprise their roles as Captain Pike, Mr. Spock and Number One. From there we meet the new actors taking on classic characters with Celia Rose Gooding as Cadet Nyora Uhura, Jess Bush will play the role of Nurse Christine Chapel, and Babs Olusan Makun as Dr Mbenga. New characters then come our way with Bruce Horak as Hema, Christina Chong as La'an Noonien Singh and Melissa Navia as Lieutenant Erica Ortegas. This short clip was all about saying hello to the characters as well as pausing constantly to look at all of the details that we can. Guys, what did you think? I was actually surprised. It didn't occur to me that Uhura would be on the Enterprise, but that makes sense. I'm just, I was really surprised. Like, how did they keep this a secret? That was huge news. And a nurse chapel also. I mean, that's fantastic. And I don't remember Dr. Mbenga as much, but it was only in the first I couple do. episodes, right? The the, the Dr. Mbenga thing is a, is a stroke of genius as far as I'm concerned, because one of the few times we see mm-hmm. Dr. Mbenga on the Enterprise, maybe he's only in one or maybe two episodes at tops, mm-hmm. but the one where it's most impactful is literally impactful, because one of his one of his only scenes in the whole series is him smacking the crap out of Spock to start his healing whatever uh, 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 when he's when he's been injured. So he, he, he walks up and just beats the hell out of him, just just up and down, uh, and then Doctor and then Spock sits up and goes, "That'll be sufficient, Doctor." Uh, and, and so I mean, it's, it's a really it's a great scene, and now we'll now we kind of will find out through the course of the show. Yeah, and Bang and Spock they're like they're buds, right? You know, oh yeah, I remember back in the day when I was on the ship with Pike and stuff, and you know I treated you for the flu and all that stuff. That's how I know I have to beat the snot out of you when you get hurt. So I, I, I love I love that they've that they've reached back uh, to put to put him on the on the ship. And Uhura's great too. And sure, Christine Chapel, absolutely. These are these are logical additions to the Enterprise that I'm, I'm happy to see. Yeah, I um, I'm so excited for for that. But the new characters look really interesting too because yeah, I interesting. mean Hemmer, uh, that guy. But what's cool, that guy is actually legally blind. The actor, and I, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think he's playing an Anar, which totally makes sense. Who are sense. legally blind? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> Way to represent. <laughs> I do like the nod back to Enterprise, right? The the, the redheaded stepchild of the Star Trek uh, uh, catalog. That's that's a clear nod to Enterprise, and uh, and I approve. Season four of Enterprise, to be specific. So I, yes. I strongly I strongly mm. approve. Yeah, the Anar are excellent, and it's nice to see them in there. I had a moment where I just thought, oh my god, who's bleached that Andorian? <laughs> no, that's the wrong shade of blue, guys. Take some blue from the Klingon skin and put it on this guy. You've got blue hanging around. We know you do from Discovery. We know it's left over. That's right. Yeah, but we do we do have to we do have to spare a moment to talk about a a, a potential misstep, a huge danger red flag warning sign that. We- okay. Yeah, I think everyone was freaking out about Uhura in Nurse Chapel, and then like it kind of got glossed over that we have a Noonien Singh on board the Enterprise. What? We we who, <laughs> and we have to refer to this character from now on as Lon! <laughs> I'm not doing that. But no, we have to because it's but, it's Noonien Singh. Come on, yeah. people. No, this is a no. The last time Alex Kurtzman had his hands on Noonien Singh, we got into darkness. This is no. The, 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 he should have learned his lesson from 2013. You, you don't get to play with Khan anymore. That you, you, off limits. Don't touch. Because was it during that during the original series or whenever? Like they didn't really know who Khan was. I'm 
99.9% sure that when they had the briefing room scene, they called him Khan Noonien Singh, dictator okay. of, of Asia, blah, 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 all this stuff. All right. Well. That's I, canon. This is definitely uh, an oh my God, what are they doing kind of moment. <laughs> for me, for sure. Especially in the especially in the hands of Kurtzman. I mean, this is that, that uh, this smells of a, you know what would be cool, Akiva Goldsman, who I've handed this show over to and like might, may have a clue about what's going on and have has made pretty good production decisions so far. You know what would be great? We should throw a con thing in there. And Akiva Goldsman, who works for Alex Kurtzman, went, sure, boss, that'll be neat. We should do that. Okay. So, mm, I have... I'm, you think that's how it went? God, I... <laughs> you pretty I'm sure afraid. that's how I'm that afraid, conversation went? This is, no. these, these are my fears. These are my fears. As awesome as the inclusion of those three inter, uh, you know, star original characters are, which I think are, are genius on multiple levels for the for those things, and Anar is a great inclusion in there as well for, for you know story reasons and for canon. The Noonien Saint thing, what the F is that all about? I'm not, I'm worried, scared. What do you think, Roscoe? I'm a little concerned because of those reasons. Uh, I think it might be a little bit of a misstep, but my hope is that this show explores what else is happening out in the Alpha and Beta Quadrants, rather than just going, remember that episode of the original series that everyone really likes? Let's base an arc off that one episode, or let's, let's really narrow in on one particular element of the original series. We, we have the building blocks. We have the base. This is the, this is our chance to expand the universe, literally, literally. And they're going, okay, let's go back to this one character and this one episode that was followed up in Wrath of Khan, sure. But that on its own stands really well. What where's there, There's so much opportunity for new growth that I, I think, yeah, this may be a misstep, but we don't even have a trailer yet. So I'm I, again. I'm just going to wait and see. There are a couple of those. There's a, there's a lot of that going around. Yeah. Yeah. But do you think the concept of an augment, like, you think she will be involved with that? Is that the storyline you're worried about? Like this whole augment thing? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, remember the, we talked to uh, 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 Siddig Alfadal, Alexander Siddig, uh, and how his character was a genetic alteration or you know augment essentially, and how it was mm-hmm. a big friggin' deal in the 24th century. And in the original Star Trek uh, episode Space Seed, they uh, everyone was e- aghast. Oh my God, this relic of the eugenics and the genetic experiences. We I thought we'd left this all behind hundreds of years ago. But to have somebody you know in the crew that oh yeah she's just like descended from augments and stuff like oh maybe it'll be a big reveal. Maybe it'll be her deep dark family secret. I mean I don't know whatever. All I'm saying is that I am not overly optimistic that it'll be handled well because the last time Kurtzman <laughs> had his fingers on it, we got John Harrison who is totally not con, except he totally is. Ugh. Let's break down the Picard season two trailer. This this is, we don't have a shortage of trailers here. Uh, in this, we see Q snap his fingers and send everyone into an alternate reality where Earth has descended into a totalitarian state. But only Jean-Luc Picard and his new crew, maybe with Guinan's help, know that time has been altered. Then they decide to travel back to modern day Los Angeles in order to get things sorted. To get there, however, they need the assistance of the Borg Queen, played by Annie Ver who in this alternate reality appears to be captive on Earth. What else is in store for Picard? Well, we don't know yet, but we do know he'll be back in February 2022, and it was also confirmed that Picard was renewed for a third season. If I remember correctly, they were filming seasons two and three uh, at the same time. They were just rolling on. So this announcement of season three is not unexpected. Uh, It's good, but it's not unexpected. Again, I'll borrow your phrase. If I recall correctly, I think John Delancey accidentally spilled the beans uh, in an unauthorized fashion. And, uh, <laughs> what? And so, he yeah. did? I'm so, so surprised. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think I think <laughs> if, if I remember correctly, that's that's how those in the know, Winky Wink, found out that there was a third season already uh, moving ahead. Uh, but this is the official, you know, hey, yes, actually we did go ahead and approve and film already a third season. So, uh, yeah, this is good. Though I, I do hope it's not like some mirror universe wannabe type place, which I guess it kind of is is, but... I mean, you get the feel from the trailer that it's kind of a mirror universe thing, but I think that, especially with with Matalus, that's just going to be the, the stakes, right? He's going to set the stakes. 
boy, it sure sounds to me, look, looking at that trailer, like they're going to drop Jean-Luc and cast and crew uh, into this post-apocalyptic, pandemic-y, totalitarian, whatever. And they're all going to go, this sucks. And their mission will be to go back in time and prevent that. One of the things I noticed was, well, one of the things I, I enjoyed was very much Picard saying to Q, I am too old for this shit. <laughs> and then getting the snap. I know. That's great. Well, what he said was, I'm too old for your bull. <laughs> so he didn't totally go lethal weapon, but, uh, you know, but totally close enough. Lethal weapon. Yeah. And then one little scene that I saw a screenshot of was a lot of rubbish and leftovers of a campsite. A, um, there's a sign over on the right that says Sanctuary District. Ooh. The nod to the DS9s. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything about this says to me that they like, hey, remember, hey, hey, Terry, you remember he did the 12 Monkeys show? Can you do something like that with with, with Jean-Luc Picard and like all the Star Trek-y things and this vast back canon of awesome bits to pull from? And he's like, probably, yeah. I bet I can do something with that. Mm Mm-hmm. I love your I love your how the deal gets put together, you know, reenactments. Because that's probably exactly what happened. I have shoveled my share of crap on Alex Kurtzman. Just now. I mean just in the just in the space of the (laughs) show, right? Just five seconds ago. Yeah, I mean just 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 a yeah, Roscoe's looking at his watch. Yeah, just it just happened just now. But I'll say something. His talent, his saving grace, his 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 specialty that he brings to the table may be finding other people that make better TV that he than he does. Mike McMahon's a freaking genius as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Terry oh, Mattelis is yeah. really super good. You know, we're getting to lower decks here in a second. Terry Mattelis' show was really, really good. Uh, and Prodigy's looking to shape up really nice, and maybe Michelle Paradise with Discovery, finally, now that she has the whole thing to herself, might might shine. But Alex Kurtz may be finding good people to run these shows. And Akiva Goldsman, I can't, I, and, you know, he's looking like he's making good decisions with uh, Strange New Worlds, too. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about these new shows, which is a new thing for me. I know. I'm like, it's a a little concerning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who are you? <laughs> Where is Tony? Yeah, you're, where is the real it's the Tony? Long hair. We also got a first real look at Prodigy as the first official trailer was introduced by Kate Mulgrew. The panel also included a pleasant surprise, which is the news that the show will premiere on October 28th, and the first episode is an hour long. The trailer shows us the crew of young aliens who happen to find an experimental Federation starship named the USS Protostar, but they've never heard of Starfleet or the Federation. So it's up to Janeway's hologram to teach them how to use the ship to navigate the cosmos while villains, the Diviner, voiced by John Noble, and Dreadnought, voiced by Jimmy Simpson, pursue the crew to get a hold of that ship. This trailer was gorgeous. What did you guys think? Pew, 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 pew. (laughs) Hit the button that goes pew, pew, pew. I, I tell you, that ship, that's the first ship I've loved at first sight in a long time. Wow. Well, I was really, yeah. How, but I thought we weren't going to get to see Prodigy till much later. Yeah, no, this, uh, they are kind of rapid firing this. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we talk about it now, I guess, but October 28th is Prodigy. November is Discovery. And then February is Card. So it looks like, yeah, so it looks like they're, the Prodigy is sort of on its own thing. And the Lower Decks, uh, Discovery, Picard, and presumably Strange New Worlds are going to be what what holds up the the tent pegs the tent poles you know they'll they'll stagger those releases to make sure people don't unsubscribe from Paramount Plus and uh, and Prodigy is going to be on its own thing it's not it's they're not counting on that one to be one of the don't unsubscribe from us uh, uh, shows that uh, that they, they want to put out there maybe we can hope that we'll get a release for Strange New Worlds in early April maybe early March yeah after Picard comes to I, an end uh, I mean if Picard's ten episodes and they have a mid season break in there, then you might be looking I May, bet they June. push it to May, June, maybe even sep- next September to, you know, since they usually do fall releases, or they used to with other we TV. Have, we gotta have a pool. We gotta have some sort of pool, right? You know, like, like I'll take I'll take June, and, you know, 
Cat, what do you want? September? No, I I think it'll be out before September. I, okay. I guess. Okay, I'll say July. You say July. Okay, Roscoe, what do you want? I'm going to take April. You take April? Okay, that Ooh, means Elio okay. automatically gets May. He's stuck with May. Okay. All right, so take, watch mm-hmm. him Y'all win. Watch him win. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so so remember, remember I got, I've got, I've got, Elio's got, uh, no, Roscoe's got April. Elio's got May. I've got June. Cat's got July. All right. right. But that's the, that's the, that's the prediction. Okay. Lock that in. Um, Prodigy, yeah, looks wonderful. The kid in me is just very excited at this, that there's a Star Trek franchise that I would have loved growing up seeing that was, would have eased me into the franchise. But if I knew nothing about it, came to it with fresh eyes and had to learn all about it, this is the perfect way to do that. And they've been working on this for a really long time. Interesting to see a Kazon, maybe, maybe, uh, in one of the little scenes. John Noble's voice, hearing him, the menace in his voice is just outstanding. He's an, he's just going to be an excellent villain. So very much looking forward to that. And the visuals on this, the, the color palette, it's so bright. It's so lights up the screen. I, I just want to watch the spaceship fly around. Mm-hmm. Show, an hour long, though. That's kind of a premiere. long time. Yeah, for a kid's show. Well, that's just the premiere. Exciting, like a full hour, I guess, maybe. Lots of backstory. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to set up the world and the kids have to be downtrodden. Oliver, Oliver Swift, you know. Uh, sure. Twist. Yeah, yeah they got they, they have to do the please, sir, I need some more soup bit uh, and, 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 and that kind of stuff. And then they find the spaceship and blow stuff up. That's, you know, that, that's the payoff at the end of the at the end of the hour. I'm in. So excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. And after a hilarious and thoroughly enjoyable first half of the season, Lower Decks continues its second season with more adventure, more exploration, and lots more sci-fi stuff. In the mid-season trailer, the other version of the trailer that series creator Mike McMahon says he edited it to remove spoilers, gives us glimpses of Rutherford versus frickin' radiation, Tendi as a giant bug, and Mariner and Boimler on an away mission that goes side what? An away mission that goes sideways? No way. <laughs> what? So, Who would have thought? Jinx and Tom Foolery from the Lower Decks gang? Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Man, yeah. I love this show. It's just the, it's just the best. And Bem's cousin. Yeah, they got the, the chopped up alien flying around oh, there. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. yeah I it, saw that. Yeah. I mean, I laugh out loud at the show and then I go, hey, look at that Easter egg. And then I'm like, oh my god, that was a cool action scene. And then it was like, oh, yep, that's a Star Trek deal. There's a Star Trek moral moment there. Yep, I see that there. I mean, it's just good. It, it's there's mm-hmm. so much packed into so much a uh, such a short amount of time. Just give Mike McMahon the keys to the kingdom. Just let's make him a charge. Give him all the Star Trek. I feel like the first half of this season has gone through and wrapped up all of the little threads from season one that were left sure. hanging. It's taken five episodes to do all of that and now it's at a point where okay, we're going to set up. Now Now we're into new storytelling. Now we're into new plots because we've resolved all of the threads and now we can move forward. So yeah, we're going to see more pack leads. There was little glimpses of, of those I saw pink phasers. Yeah. So more pack led fun. Yeah, pink phasers. Exactly. Exactly. Dumborg, as I like to refer to them. <laughs> we will add your stuff to our stuff. <laughs> did you just do that now? Just like right here? Did, did we witness that happen? Or have, yes. you been, have, you, or have you been workshopping that? I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. Did you, uh, it, I think I mentioned it. You know, just keep just keep doing that. that that'll catch on better than Trek Nuggets. That's better. That, that, yeah. yeah. Just workshopping it here. Uh, dollar store board. Like, you know, it's like the off brand. It's <laughs> like the, the off, wish. Yeah, it, it's the it's the off brand board. Your stuff will be our stuff. Yeah. Like, and the other boards are like, nice try, buddy. That's not how that goes. Yeah. yeah. We it's use not, much not how the saying goes. We use much better vocabulary words when we do it. Okay. You know, don't don't try don't try to don't try to don't try to copy. Hopefully, hopefully there's a pack led queen. <laughs> now that would be no, right. No, it, it can only be like a, a pack led like duchess, like you know, a, a pack led uh, you know, administrator. You know, it can't be a queen because that's like cool. <laughs> it's got to be like something not as good as a queen. You know, like lower rank. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. maybe she could be an amalgamator. Yeah. <laughs> there, sure. Yeah, no, we don't assimilate. We amalgamate. Yeah, I like that. I like this dollar store Borg. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's do with that. Let's do that. So here we are back with the uh, trailer shortage. The fourth season of Star Trek Discovery premieres on Thursday, November eighteenth on Paramount. 
Paramount Plus. The first image from the upcoming season was released during Star Trek Day. We also got a, uh, we, I didn't actually watch the panel, so I'm not going to say we also got to watch. There was also a panel featuring season four cast members, Wilson Cruz, who is Dr. Hugh Culber, Blue DeBario, who plays Adira, and Ian Alexander, who plays Gray, and showrunner and executive producer Michelle Paradise. The panel of mutual love and discussion of found family was moderated by Will Wheaton. You know who was delightful in that panel, though, was Wilson Cruz. He is, he's so, yeah. I think many people find him delightful, don't they? He is delightful. That's what I've heard. Yeah, but Blue Del Barrio seems hilarious. Discovery, to me, there's, I just, I'm never going to get into it, and I'm I'm inclined to nitpick about it, but how can you not have a trailer at this point? The production wrapped a long time ago, and you knew the Star Trek day was a big deal, and TikTok, TikTok, your release is coming right up. You've got two minutes of footage somewhere. You do. You got it. Where is it? Come on. Maybe they did the thing where they didn't want to spoil anything, and everything oh. non-spoily was already put out. I, I, I no. <laughs> I see that. I see. I'm like, I, you're not convinced. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. You're selling it, Kat. You're doing a good job of selling it. I'm just not buying it. I'm just not buying it today. Just not happening. And I, the, the tagline I saw was, they've, they're facing a threat the Federation has never faced before, and danger that uh, that will put them in danger. I'm like, yeah, that's 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 how spaceship shows go. I mean, wasn't that last that season? Was, yeah, that's every season. I guess. Well, the season before. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little concerning, but I'll still watch it. Because there will be nothing else. There will be no other Star Trek <laughs> from point well, A to point. Well, no, Prodigy. I guess Prodigy will be on. You could watch. You could watch Prodigy instead. Uh, but I just uh, again, we're, you know, fingers crossed. This 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 season is blank slate. They're in the future now, in the thirty second century or whatever. Burnham is captain. There's no more journey to captain hoods that we have to mess with. She's in the center seat. Everybody knows what their job is. Maybe now they can finally figure out what the hell the show's about and do something with and do it. Uh, maybe, but we'll see. I'd like to see some of the other crew members take a step up so I can remember who they are because they're all great. They're all great actors. But because Tony Singh is your back, I will use the phrase, leave it to Burnham, has been the theme throughout the course of the first three seasons. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see some of the other bridge crew step up and, and have some adventures. You know, where's the Geordie episode? Where are the Klingons in the 32nd century? Where's the Dominion? Well, they've they've put the cannon in the blender, so it won't. <laughs> Shut up with your cannon and blender. All, all the old hits are what? back. You know, invite me back for one show. I'm making sure I get all the old hits in there. <laughs> Just, 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 just set them up for me. I'll knock it down. And we mentioned a little bit earlier Alex Kurtzman, just in passing. But with Labor Day on review census, the American student body is headed back to school, and so is the Trek franchise, if Alex Kurtzman has his way. Back in episode 519, we mentioned that a Starfleet Academy-situated series aimed at younger audiences was in the works. Since then, Eric Pasola at Heavy suggested that the new series concept is far older than it appears. It also got a bit of a mention in the Alex Kurtzman interview with Will Wheaton for Star Trek Day. But in the article, Pasola draws parallels between JJ's franchise, quote, revival, end quote, in 2009, and Harve Bennett turning it around after the motion picture, almost torpedoed it 30 years prior. Bennett helmed the next three series entries and more or less put Trek's fortunes on the up and up. That said, after his final frontier almost finished it for good, Bennett pitched one more idea, a prequel film set at Starfleet Academy with Ethan Hawke as Kirk and John Cusack as Spock. The studio went with a thinly veiled Cold War analogy instead, but 20 years later, class might finally be in session. During the Star Trek Day celebrations, Will Wheaton asked Kurtzman about the future of Trek on TV. Kurtzman said that with five ongoing series, he's, quote, not in a hurry, end quote, to launch any more. But he did bring up the fan enthusiasm for a series set at Starfleet Academy. Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to Trek out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Welcome aboard, Captain. Congratulations, high score. 
fire up the phase inducers. It's time to start a new tune in Star Trek Online. The Agents of Yesterday recruitment event is active, with new characters set in the TOS era and playing through the entire Agents of Yesterday mission arc, becoming temporal agents with updated rewards. As we covered previously, if you haven't created a temporal agent character, it's a great opportunity with lots of bonuses for your whole account. But if the idea of leveling up a new character from scratch isn't bringing you joy, then the legendary TOS Federation Captain's Bundle has dropped to immediately boost your new character to level 65. The pack comes with equipment, services, and other resources to allow this newly boosted character to be ready to enter the high-level content of Star Trek Online. Plus, you'll get account-wide access to the legendary Miranda Multi-Mission Cruiser, Tier 6. It includes all of the consoles, starship traits, and costumes from the entire line of both Miranda and Malakowski families of starships. The bundle is available for the price of 12,000 zen, with 50% off from September 8th at 8 a.m. Pacific Time to September 20th at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. This is now available on both PC and console. So who made a new temporal agent? Me. Roscoe I did. did. I did. I, I have made not. a new character. This is character number 44. <laughs> that is insane, Kat. I'm, I, you know, <laughs> we're friends and all, but I have to tell you, you may have a problem. That is my head blowing apart. Well, I mean, if they quit having recruitment events, I'd quit making sure, new characters. Sure, blame the dealer. Right. Blame, blame <laughs> yes. For your addictions, this is the dealer's fault. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't have a tactical Vulcan, so right. now I do. Yeah, you're missing that one. Now you can, you know, you can tick that box. Okay, good. Fine. Yeah, now it's over. <laughs> now you're happy, right? Now, now you're done? You can no. quit. You can quit any time. <laughs> <laughs> what are you missing? This is the question. Uh, I don't have a Nausicaan. I don't have a Nausicaan. Yeah, I was gonna say, how many races do they have? And then there's three flavors, right? So you know, so find out how many races they have, multiply by three. That's cat's absolute limit. Totally. That's it. She can quit after that. that. After that. Yes. Right. <laughs> I would love to gift you some extra character slots just so you could hit 50. No, I don't. No, I don't want to do that. I did. I wanted to stop it. Like, <laughs> I would feel like if I had like no, 20 never characters, stop. I would be okay. But no, I have twice that many. It's terrible. It's a sickness. <laughs> Well, you know, the, the, no way, man, no way. But at some point, at some point, you know, you will, you will find an inner peace. You'll, you'll find some rest uh, with this, with the situation. But I believe we talked with Al a while back that they're going to keep doing these recruitment events. Like this is a, a cycle that they're going to follow. Well, from I now guess on. if they keep giving me a character slot when they do them, I'm okay. <laughs> but I can't buy any more. <laughs> well, for the for the low low price of uh, hundred twelve thousand. And $120 US approximately, uh, you know, you can, can boost it right up. That way, at least you'll just have a max, have the character maxed out. You won't have to actually grind it up. Yeah, I bet I probably will buy this bundle because I want all the legendary ships. But, you know, you always have to get it when it's on sale. So if I do decide to buy it, it will be within the next couple of days or tomorrow. <laughs> this is a trend with them, with with the, with Star Trek Online. They The regular price, quote, quote, is ridiculous. Like, come on guys and then when they put it on sale it's like well maybe yeah it's like the whole zen stores muds market at this point with bundles they must have know. had some success with muds market then that's what that's what it tells me what it tells me is that the muds market thing worked uh and so they're like yes let's ask for ridiculous amounts of money for these things and then we put it on sale and then that's when people actually buy it yeah there was there is no way i would look at this any of those bundles at the regular price it's just not within my budget so you, so you wait for a Zen bonus sale, and then you wait for the sale for the bundle, and then you jump on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at least we know how that game is played. The next story arc is fast approaching if the following news item is anything to go by. Star Trek Online announced this week that Lower Decks theme gear is making its way into the game. Quote, starting with the next story update, which arrives on PC very soon, a brand new Tier 6 starship will be added to the existing ship choices in a series of exciting new Lower Decks themed items will be added to the Low Beak 
crystal store, end quote. Items include lower decks uniforms, portable phaser cannon, otherwise known as Shax's weapon, the multi-barrel phaser, the phaser split beam rifle, phaser sniper rifle, a T-88 diagnostic tool kit frame, complete with purple stripe, lower decks personal traits, two space and two ground, and a new starship, the Parliament Miracle Worker Surveyor Cruiser, which is a tier six ship. The starship has four front and four aft weapons with a universal console called Controlled Gravimetric Demolition, which deals tremendous kinetic damage. The console also provides a passive bonus to kinetic and physical damage resistance rating, as well as exotic particle generation and structural integrity. The items will be available for purchase upon the release of the next story update, but we don't have a date confirmed as of yet. I really want the next story update to be the lower decks people somehow. I want I want I want Tony Newsom, I want Jack Quaid, I want Noel Wells, and I want uh, uh, Eugene Cordero. I want them. I want them in my ear holes uh, in Star How Trek. How would they do that? I don't know, I and don't I don't care. I just want it. That, that, that's that's it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we don't know anything about the next story arc or anything, but yes, lower deck stuff. I want all the things. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't have all these goodies. You can't have the diagnostic tool with the purple stripe and not have something. They're gonna have to connect it somehow. Uh, and the ship is the ship is good. I mean, I like the design of the ship. Uh, it, it, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a tragedy as far as I'm concerned that the Cerritos is just as ugly as it is. And I can see why they don't want to put that in the game because it's just not a good looking ship. Period. Uh, but the Parliament class is pretty good. It, it, it's a nice design and it's based off of the. Uh, it's like a Miranda class sovereign, so it fits with the Star Trek sort of mythos, right? Uh, I'm sure it's a fine console and all that stuff. But I wonder what they're gonna do with all the toys. That's what I'm really curious about. And all of this stuff, all of the uniforms, the new phases, the new ships, the new traits, all added to the Lobby store and all available in the Infinity Box. All to be added to the Infinity Box. <gasps> what? No way. Are we Are we shocked? Wait. They're not putting the ship in the lobby store and the box. Are you saying no, that? No, he's just saying that. Say- he's saying that there's, you know, the two ways to get it are behind the, uh, the, you know, the, the lottery ticket system. Yes, which you know Ooh, everyone shot. is Surprise. very not happy about. Yeah. So I I don't understand why. Well, I do understand that people want sea store ships, but why that they would think a show ship would be in the sea store when apparent, you know, it's never been that way. Or I mean, it's recently not been that way. <laughs> I got, and I got bad news for you. When they eventually put the Cerritos out there, it's going to be in one of those R&D boxes like the, the Tier 6 Enterprise and the, uh, the Inquiry Yeah, class. you know those high, yeah, those highly sought after ships are in those boxes. So, I mean, I you know, I get there is like all the, you know, enragement that happens immediately after they say something is in the lockbox, but that's how they roll these days, people. And the reality is there must be a large bunch of people, there must be a huge amount of people who are willing to crack open lockbox after lockbox or R&D packs and pray to you know, R&D Jesus in order to get these ships. They're spending money in the game in order to do this. So, and they have done with previous ships and they're, they're banking on people are still willing to do that into the future as well. My thinking is for those who are complaining, you need to send a message to the the game and through don't do that. That's the only way that they're they're actually going to pay attention. If people don't do that, then maybe they would reconsider it. But the fact is, people are willing to spend money in the game opening lockbox. It's, I mean, it's a pretty time-tested and uh, proven formula that this works. This is how Cryptic keeps the game open. It's how they keep it free to play for people who don't want to buy lockboxes. It's free to play to, because of that. And people say, well, I would give them more money if they uh, put the ships in the, sh- in the sea store. That's not enough. It's not enough to keep the lights on. It, it just isn't. And uh, they've they've got a model. It's worked for them. It It is it, functional. It's not ideal. We've we've been doing this for nine years now, and we've we've talked about lockboxes basically the entire time. Uh, but this is this is this is where it's settled out. Uh, and I like the Parliament class. I'm 
not going to chase after it. I don't particularly need it in my little collection. Uh, but people who are completionists do, and they want it, and they have to have it. And if it's a lockbox that they've got to open to get it, then that's what they're going to do. So I, I, I get it, but not going to change. Cat, anything to add? Nope. <laughs> that's the way it works. I mean, even if you're not opening boxes and you're selling keys to buy the ship off the exchange, I mean, you're still spending money, which is the point. So no matter which way you obtain the item, because uh, it is obtainable, that's the thing. It is obtainable. You know, you want to pay real money for it. I want all those uniforms, though. <laughs> yes, so much color. I, I hate that it's not an account unlock, and I know a lot of people are upset about the uniforms being in the lobby store, but honestly, I mean, I don't want Lower Decks uniforms for all my characters. I mean, I guess some people would, but, you know, some of those fancier uniforms, I'm fine with just having them on one character. And from a long time ago, they we, we've been told, and I believe them, that costumes don't really pay. You know, it, it's that they 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 don't they they don't the effort that they put into making them doesn't pay off on uh for for, for that investment. And so having it be a low buy item and having it be character unlock increases the chance that it will be indirectly paid for by lockbox purchases. So yeah, I mean, it, it, these are the realities of how the the, the game is fun. Also announced this week, a brand new blog from Cryptic on a forthcoming Mirror Universe TFO for Star Trek Online. The new bit of fiction finds Admiral Quinn providing feedback to Admiral Lita on a new Starfleet training simulation to test special operations into the Mirror Universe. It seems despite her cooperation, Quinn finds her bloodlust a bit much, even for a simulation. I mean, honestly, if a captain can't use exocomps as cannon fodder anymore, what are you supposed to do? And just forget about bumping off your Terran counterpart, I guess. So much for plan A, am I right? Anyway, while details are obviously thin on this little teaser, it looks like captains will get to beam their away team into a brand new Mirror Universe version of Earth Space Dock for some covert operations. So beef up those biceps, tone up those abs, and sharpen your daggers. We're going Terran on the holodeck for Operation Wolf. I like any mission you get to sharpen your daggers for I'm in and it's a ground map I mean it's a ground TFO we haven't had one of those in a while so, so the show notes here say that they're dropping hints that you're going to meet your own Terran you know mirror universe counterpart what if your character already is like you know does have the cut off cooter shirt with you know the daggers and the sunglasses and the sash I mean what happens then do you see yeah, do you have like a regular guy the regular character a better question what if your character already has a goatee? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do, do you do full beard or does the goatee just come off? I don't know. These are burning questions. I, the, uh, you know, I hope that they've that they've thought of these uh, contingencies and eventualities, because otherwise there's going to be a lot of disappointed players. Or maybe it's just more dramatic eyeshadow for everybody in the mirror universe. Oh, that's a given. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's. But that's how you would tell them apart, even if you are in the same uniform. Right, and with with the new canon, thanks to Discovery, they all have to have sunglasses too, because it's a you know yeah because everyone's uh, lights. Of course. Yeah, because you know, that was that's clearly a thing. Oh, sorry, um, I can't help it. Uh, it just it's. I'm like, what? I would like, I'm really excited to see like the ground and I love a a ground map. If we're getting a mirror universe ESD, that's got to look really cool. I I think, you know, I think that anything, anything to do with the mirror universe is always fun, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's always a bit of camp involved with, you know, uh, uh, going, you know, crossing over to the the evil side. Uh, Seeing your own character as a villain is cool. I'm just interested to see how they try to pull it off. Yeah, I'm super excited for that. It's also worth noting that in celebration of Star Trek Day, from September 8th through to the 22nd on all platforms, there will be a special Starfleet Museum in orbit above Deep Space Nine and Earth Space Dock. The museum contains the starring ships from the Star Trek movies, television and more. Hailing each ship will give you words from their crew and both in-universe and behind-the-scenes 
facts about the ship and show. Hailing all 10 of the ships will grant you a special title, Historical Documents Expert. And in other gaming news, if TNG taught us anything, it's that all good things must come to an end. And so it is in Star Trek Fleet Command. Patch 34 concludes Fleet Command's first foray into prime timeline storytelling, wrapping the TNG arc begun back in May, while adding Tasha Yar to the officer roster. Meanwhile, your existing crew collection will gain traits that boost the chance of critical success for away team assignments. And as for those assignments, as of patch 34, they will automatically respawn once they are. And remember last week when we said about a half dozen vintage Trek games were going to be re-released on GOG Galaxy? Well, they're on GOG Galaxy. Now, in time for Star Trek Day. In a release, the company has confirmed the games have been updated, so they'll run smoothly on Windows 10, with some even offering a working LAN multiplayer option. So, what takes your fancy? Star Trek Voyager Elite Force, a first-person shooter set on board the USS Voyager, or perhaps Elite Force 2, a stunning sequel set on the Enterprise-E. Star Trek Hidden Evil, a third-person adventure game with both Patrick Stewart and Brent Spiner reprising their roles as Captain Picard and Data. Star Trek Away Team, a turn-based tactical game influenced by titles like Commandos and the XCOM series. Star Trek Starfleet Command 3, a simulation game with RPG elements. And Star Trek Bridge Commander, a space combat simulation game that sits you in the captain's chair. If you're waiting for me to mention Armada and Armada 2, you'll have to wait a little longer. The two games are, quote, coming soon, end quote, but can be added to your wish list now. I will tell you that Bridge, that uh, Starfleet, Starfleet, uh, Star Trek, uh, Starfleet Command 3 is the predecessor of Star Trek Online. Star Trek Online is Starfleet Command 4. That That's how that is. So if you, yeah. Okay. So I, I the best, uh, Starfleet, uh, Starfleet Command, Two and its uh, expansion Orion Pirates was the best Starfleet Command game, but Starfleet Command Three was okay. Uh, and and if you like uh, if you like Star Trek Online, you should give uh, the the Starfleet Command Three a try because uh, it's it, it, you'll you'll recognize it instantly. Really, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'll keep waiting for Armada and Armada Two. I like those games too. I played those back in the day as well. And Bridge Commander was also good. I enjoyed Bridge Commander, uh, uh, but Starfleet Command Three and Starfleet Command too. Those were exceptionally. That's the news from Trek Games this week. Now let's look on screen for the latest episode of Lower Decks. On screen. Computer, set Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2, Episode 5, An Embarrassment of Duplers. On screen. Ain't no party like a Starfleet party, because a Starfleet party is in a secret location. Mariner and Boimler try to track down the location of the party while running afoul of some space gangsters. Meanwhile, the rest of the crew deal with an insecure Dupler diplomat, <laughs> and chaos multiplies. This episode was written by David Einfeld and David Wright. It was directed by Kim Arndt, and it aired on September 9th, 2021. Tony, let's start off with... With you let's do a little bit of a catch-up you spoke about it previously but uh, lower decks so far for season two where you at how you feeling what are you enjoying oh just all of it just they, they don't miss a step they don't miss a trick they, uh, you are breaking out the classics I'm tell all um, of it yeah yeah every just you know uh, yeah every every everything I've ever said before still is the same way they have found that they found their groove faster than any Star Trek show ever and they are not and they are not wavering they're just they they're you know even with the Mugato thing that you know might just have gone a little bit too far in one or one or two places um you know this that's their hap- that's their happy place See, right we thought that yeah we thought that too cuz i was like whoa but, that happened you know what but they found their happy place and they're just going to they're they're just go, they're powering through it this is what this is where it, they're doing and you know what okay i'm going to let that one go cuz you know what they, 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 that is what that is what the show is and that is again one thing that makes i think lower decks really unique out of the out of all the shows so far they knew what they were going into it and they are not apologizing and they are not swerving uh the the mcmahon has a very clear vision of what the show is and what it's going to do and screw anybody that gets in his way this is what they're doing salute i finally sat down and watched mugato gamato with my lovely wife (laughs) and she at that moment with the the mugatos and that scene near the log she hid her face under her (laughs) t-shirt 
no. and said, that n- those naughty monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> that's a better show and title. And couldn't believe that, it. That's a better episode title. That's what they should have called it. They should have called it that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's so funny. Oh, man. Tony, let's talk about episode five. What scene, what sequence did you enjoy the most? I, I Again, I, I, they can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. But this one is the, I think, the most cartoony one, right? This one with the the guy, uh, and I forget the actor's name, but he is, he, I think his name is, it's Richard something, I think. But he is, every time you need the whiny, fussy guy, you call this guy. He, 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 is, he is the actor you call when you need that annoying, screechy voice. And not Gilbert Gottfried. No, no, no. He's way too off the scale. But this guy just hits that right mark where you can't tune him out because he's saying reasonable things-ish, but it's just, oh, fingernails on a chalkboard. But when he duplicates a bunch of times, that's the most cartoony plot, I think, that we've seen so far. Uh, and of course, and you, you couldn't do it in a TV show, I guess, but it's also the least, I don't know, Star Trekky because everything else you've got some kind of d- defensible connection to something. You know, even the Ascension guy, like, you know, okay, beings of pure energy, yeah, okay, we've seen that a bunch of times. But that's the only thing that really stood out as even worth, like, talking about. The rest of it was just a romp. It's just a, just a fun romp. Richard Kind is there the actor go. who plays our Dupla ambassador, and yeah. he's he's excellent in everything he does, voiceover-wise. It's just wonderful. He's, and he's he's everywhere. He's mm-hmm. everywhere. He's in everything. He's in, he's in everything you've ever watched, every show you've ever watched. I You know, I thought maybe I wasn't liking this episode as much, but I watched it again, and I'm like, this is just a really solid, really good episode. It moves the story along. You know, we put Mariners, you know, being upset with Boimler to rest about how he leaves to go to the Titan because obviously she wasn't letting that go. But that's what's so great about the writing is that the sh- you know the the shows are episodic, but yet they still develop the characters throughout each episode. Like the story, I mean, you get to know them even more, and it's stuff like this. Mariner still being upset about last season. Yeah, this you know, is that's what's so great. This is Jake's thing that he said uh, a while ago: episodic with a memory. Yes. It, yeah. It's it's, it's so good. Yeah. He does it so well. I mean, I love Tendi and Rutherford. I mean, there's so many amazing moments in in this episode. But how about Tendi and Rutherford the, when they're doing the warp core ejection on that model that they put the keys in at the same time and just look at each other and not you know nod and you're just like yeah. Again, you know, they they got such just, a clear idea of these characters and what they're doing and how they relate to each other and 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 yes. yeah it's they you know they can they can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so funny and I mean my favorite moment Cors Okona the DJ <laughs> and then Captain Freeman this is outrageous. <laughs> Fantastic! I just they can I, they they know they know where all the buttons are. Chef's kiss. Exactly. Yes. yes they, it's like it's like they need just a little bit of that spice. Well, they'll just sprinkle it on right there. They know what to do. They know exactly what to do. I just yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never thought we'd get to see uh, Okona again, but there he was, and amazing. I love that guy. <laughs> and Captain Shelby. Yes, Captain Shelby with her first officer with all the eyeballs uh, mm-hmm. that was yeah, it, yeah again, it, so good the thing that I liked about the the alien that was Captain Shelby's number one was that alien with the V-shaped head was the original prototype design for Saru from Discovery really really yeah I yeah didn't so know all the that. eyeballs all the prosthetics that was that was hit the original design for Saru and they just kind of went uh it's a bit too alien yeah and expensive yeah a bit too expensive and a bit too eyeball-y. And, and Doug Jones um, will have uh, have neck injuries for the rest of his life if we try to put him in that. Yeah, Exactly. Wow. So, uh. again, Mike McMahon taking another little thing behind the scenes and making it canon. Just, he's a genius. The guy's a genius. There's no two ways about that. Did, oh, yeah. and did you, when they were doing the, the chase on the golf carts through the, <laughs> through the station? Complete homage to the Blues Brothers. It's just, I mean, 
was so good. I I heard I heard that. Now they had the Star Trek music on, right? You know the the chase scene. I mean they had that going. No, in my head it was completely the Blues Brothers chasing. It was just we're on a mission from we're on a mission from God. Hey, they've got everything here. There's Pier One imports. I mean it's they not only know Star Trek, but they also pick up. They also do these things that are like I mean again you're the submarine key thing. You know the two keys thing. You know that's every submarine you know movie you know ever with the with the nuclear law. I mean they 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 speak a visual language that gets that people get and it's a it's just a mm-hmm. it's just a dumb cartoon and they do awful things with Bugatos and you know, but 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 they they just they know <laughs> data data bubble bath, bubble bath. <laughs> there were some lore ones in there yeah there were lore ones in there it's just the lore ones had a little smirk well did you, and the, did you see the doomsday machine <laughs> model at the top of the bar yes I did I saw the doomsday machine that was amazing I, every just they 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 pack so much into 20 minutes. It's amazing what they pack into 20 minutes. Uh, All yeah. the photos on the wall of that bar. Yeah. It's just it's just reference after reference after reference. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous how dense that they they, they make these episodes. Uh, and uh, you know, I just just I can't. It just hats off. And this is just a yeah. my favorite line is from Shax, and it's your part is weak and it disgusts me. <laughs> you know that's. <laughs> We've seen the guy for less than twenty episodes, fifteen episodes. He was dead for a couple of them. Like he's, but mm-hmm. that's a Shaq's line, right? I mean, you, we we know these characters. They know they the actors. They they've had minutes on screen, but but you, but did, but we know them. It's it, they're just so did good. Did they release yeah. the the uncensored version uh, on the DVDs? Because I don't, Doctor Tana. <laughs> we have a rule of thumb over on Guard Frequency is that bleeps are funnier. There's no reason for us to bleep out any bad language over on that other show, and we we let some we let some you know off color language slip every once in a while. But I tell the audio editors always bleep, even if you think you don't have to bleep, just bleep it because bleeps are funnier, and and the cat doctor proves it. It's just it, it <laughs> just really always funny. makes me laugh. I don't care what she's actually saying. I don't care. It's yeah, keep bleeping. <laughs> Mostly it's you bleep, bleep, bleepity bleep. Ah, <laughs> uh, love her. Dr. Ta'ana, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. I gave this episode uh, four out of five. Kat, how about you? I gave it a solid three. Uh, I really did enjoy it much more on the second watch. What the hell is wrong with you people? What'd you give it? So, so wait, so, so, so you, you, so you got a three and a four, uh, which means that in order for it to max out, I need to give it an eight. I'm going to give it an eight. So that no, way it, it, out it, of I, five. I know, I'm out giving it an eight out of five. Oh. Because it's got to max out. It's got to max out at 15 total stars. No, this was a good mid-season transitional episode. Like, we put some stuff to rest. But, like, the next few episodes, I'm just saving my ratings for, like, I feel like the last part of the season is going to freaking blow me away. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Oh, I know what what it is. I know what it is. This is is law school damage to you, Kat. And so you're grading on a curve. You you, you can't give it. Yes. No, no. That's (laughs) That's how these work. The bar exam was long ago, Kat. No, no. The evidence, (laughs) your evidence final was was years ago. You don't need to worry about that anymore. So far back. Please stop. You're giving me (laughs) flashbacks. (laughs) Uh, um, uh, So you give it a five? I give it an eight. You give it an eight. Tony's giving it an eight. I break all the rules. (laughs) I'm the Beckett Mariner of this podcast. We invite you back for one week, man. (laughs) Well, that wraps up this week's On Screen for Star Trek Lower Deck. Now, let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captain's hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all your incoming messages. This week, we wanted to know which legacy character would you like to see make a cameo in Lower Decks? On Twitter, James White Dragon said Quark, as they keep mentioning him. His bar was all over the place in this week's episode. And on Facebook, Jamal Taylor suggested Reg Barclay, Lieutenant J, who should be Commander J by now, Grand Nagus Rom, and Lita, Ezri Dax, basically anyone willing to do it that they can work 
Yeah. Also from Facebook, James Young said, Gary Seven and his cat, Isis. That's a good one. That's a deep cut. I like that Oh, wow, that's a deep cut. From Twitter, Chris Dorn said, either Jordy or the Doctor, EMH Mark One. We also asked if you're ready to face the Mirror Universe in STO's new TFO. From Facebook, Rayborg gave us a Mirror Burnham gif to say, long live the Empire. And on Twitter, Captain BG2301 said, sounds like it will be a unique and interesting story. Maybe we'll get to see Captain Killy again. I look forward to seeing what's coming. Well, that wraps up episode 522 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcast.roddenberry.com for a complete list. Then, be sure to subscribe to them all and share them with your friends. But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like David K. Rutley, Peter Archibald, and Gerald Bosch. Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment or a voice message on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. During these difficult times, we are humbled by the continued support of our patrons who find value in the content we produce each and every week. Check us out at www.patreon.com forward slash priority one. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets. Pretty good shows. You should check them out. Thanks to our audio editors, including Gray, Brandon, William, Daniel, Rand, Alex, and Lennon. Thanks to our producer, Jake, and associate producers, Shane and Thomas. Together, they help us organize and write up our summary of the weekly headlines from the Star Trek multiverse. Thanks to our graphic artist, Alejandro, with support from Jason of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to our social media managers, Sarah and James. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. And most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. I'll do the cold open. Let me, let me bring this. Let me bring this in. Please do. Bring yeah. in the bring in the sexy. Here we go. Your re- your weekly your weekly your weekly recap. <laughs> First one in the blooper can. There we go. Glad we got that out of the way. He's not here. You could say whatever you want. If you want to stray from the copy, Ooh. I don't think anyone's going to tattle on yeah, you. Yeah, if you want to change it oh, up, no, one, no one's going to tell. We're repeating ourselves. Check us out on up, Red Alert. Stop the recording. We're done. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.